Welcome to the Nourish Babes podcast. We're your hosts, Bella and Madison, your go-to besties for all things women's wellness. We're here to help you balance your hormones, heal your gut, learn how to eat, exercise, sleep, manage your stress, break free of diet culture, and get confident as fuck about your own health and healing. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Nourished Babes podcast. Today, it's just me, Madison, the gut goddess. And in today's episode, I'm going to go over four essential steps you need to heal your gut for good. All of these steps, I think, will surprise you. None of them have anything to do with eating more fiber, following a restricted diet, or taking a probiotic supplement. So first, I want to talk about who these suggestions apply to. So essentially, these tips apply to anyone struggling with any type of digestive issue. So this could look like one or more of the following symptoms. Constipation, diarrhea, urgency with your stools, feeling incomplete after you poop, undigested food in your stool, nausea, bloating, cramping, acid reflux, lots of food sensitivities, gallbladder issues, bacterial overgrowths, all of those symptoms which can lead to things like autoimmune diseases, autoimmune symptoms, low immune function, skin issues, fatigue, brain fog, mood disturbances, and so much more. So now I know that sounds like a lot and a very broad list, but truly all of the gut healing foundations are the same no matter what symptom you have. So what I've learned in my own gut healing journey this past decade and through working with clients one-on-one, many people get really consumed with the specifics of their gut issues. So for example, people will message me all the time saying, I have this weird pain here. What does this mean? What's wrong with me? What do I take? Or I have this random symptom that occurs every once in a while. What what causes it? What should I do? So this topic brings up my very first and most essential step to healing your gut. So, the first step is instead of being so focused on what's wrong with you, wrong being in quotes, what's wrong with you or how to suppress your symptoms or get rid of your symptoms, start to focus on how you can support your digestive system to function. So, I want to explain this well and I'm going to try the best that I can to explain this. So, in my own work, in my own experience, honestly, with digestive issues, it is never just one thing. It's never just, oh, you're eating this one wrong food or, oh, you have a dysfunction in your gallbladder or, oh, your stomach acid is too low. Honestly, it is always more than just one thing. So I really want to emphasize this concept because it it has been crucial in my healing. So just to give you an example, when I, so I had SIBO multiple times. So if you don't know what SIBO is, it stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And essentially what happens in SIBO is some of the bacteria that is in your large intestine or your colon travels back up through your small intestine and essentially just overgrows there. What can, what, what this looks like is a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, a lot of pain, cramping, 
and a lot of the things that help normally with digestive issues, so maybe fiber, some probiotic-rich foods, they can actually make SIBO worse. So, like I said, in my gut healing journey, I had SIBO multiple times, and the typical way to treat SIBO is a very restrictive diet. So, there's like the biphasic SIBO diet or just like a SIBO diet. A lot of people recommend the low FODMAP diet for SIBO. So, an incredibly restrictive diet, either antibiotics or antimicrobial herbs. So, these are herbs that act like antibiotics in the body. Um, also, some other things like biofilm disruptors. Essentially, those are going to break down this film that some of this bacteria creates to protect itself. So, the protocol, if you've ever done a SIBO protocol, it is intense. It is like you're on this very restrictive diet. You're taking supplements multiple times per day that are pretty expensive or you're doing rounds of antibiotics to essentially kill off this bacteria. Makes sense, right? That, I mean, for most people, it's like, okay, well, I have SIBO. I have a bacterial overgrowth. I'm going to try to kill off the bacteria and that's going to solve my problems. As you might be guessing, those protocols never worked for me. And I find for a lot of people, those don't work. Um, the whole concept, again, that I'm trying to get at is that I don't think it's very useful to understand or to, to know like, oh, you have this one thing wrong, let's fix it with a, a supplement or a food or something and it's going to all go away. So I did two of those SIBO protocols where I was on a very restrictive diet, did tons of supplements. I felt better for a couple months and then my symptoms came back and relapse or like having SIBO again is very common. So essentially what happened eventually is that I had to zoom out. I had to realize that I was having an overgrowth of a bacteria in my small intestine for a reason and it wasn't just because of one thing. It was because of so many different things. It was because I had really poor thyroid function. I wasn't eating enough. I My liver was really stressed. I had really low stomach acid. I wasn't managing my stress. I was eating lots of nuts and seeds and grains and legumes and things that were not really nourishing my body. So again, it's like when I finally was able to get rid of my SIBO and manage this, the terrible gas and bloating and constant just like pain and inflammation in my digestive system. I literally did not take any antibiotics, any antimicrobials. I don't think I was taking any supplements at the time that I finally really worked out the SIBO. So I know this concept may be very new and really frustrating and hard to, hard to wrap your mind around, but I find in my practice that people really want to know what is wrong with them. What is wrong? What is overgrowing? Where is my digestive system not functioning? And in my practice and in my experience, it has, it is never, that doesn't work. You know, we, we can't ever just think of like, okay, let's, let's kill off this one bacteria or let's just give your body some enzymes or whatever it might be. Of course, there are minor differences in specific health conditions and specific gut conditions where there are places where your body needs more support, but overall, it is never just one thing that's causing something, which means there's never just one thing that is going to support you. So, 
essentially in my one-on-one coaching practice, we go through the entire digestive system. We talk about the brain, the nervous system, the stomach, the mouth, the liver, the gallbladder, the small intestine, the large intestine. We talk about all the steps in good digestion and how essentially what is stressing that piece out um, and what those symptoms might look like if that piece of your digestive system is stressed and then how to support your body because at the end of the day with digestive issues it is almost 100% likely that there is not one piece of your digestive system that is broken or needs support it is the entire system so like I said to reiterate instead of focusing on what can I take to get rid of this symptom or what is causing this symptom You have to zoom out and look at the entire digestive system as a whole and realize you probably need digestive support at every single stage of this whole process. And it's amazing because when you start to do that, things just come back into balance. Your body knows exactly what to do. Your body knows exactly how to digest well. You just have to support all these different stages. And that is truly when your body comes back into balance builds resilience and is able to normalize all these problems and pains and overgrowth and whatever it might be. So there's your first step is to instead of really focusing on what's wrong with you and where your digestive system needs some more specific support, think about just supporting your digestive system as a whole and learning about every single stage of the process, which I take my one-on-one clients through, but you can also learn that on your own and essentially just focus on the big picture, focus on supporting every single stage. And I think that you will find that this is a much more refreshing point of view. I also understand it can be very frustrating because again, people want to know what's wrong with them. But honestly, sometimes your body just needs support in all these all these places. So there's your first first step is instead of focusing on the symptoms, suppressing the symptoms, focus on supporting your body. And it will it will resolve a lot of those symptoms that you feel like you might need something specific for. So that leads us to our second step. So the second step in healing your gut is unlearn everything you know about nutrition. So this again is is a big concept uh but essentially what i encourage people to do is get out of your brain and get back into your body so within the nutrition world within especially the gut health nutrition world everything is very dogmatic and rigid and this food is good and this food is bad and there's a lot of rules and restriction and that mindset is could be impairing you from truly healing your gut. So just to give you a bit of a background on why I feel like this is so important is for me, I was vegetarian for about six years. I was vegan for three years. And when I was vegan, I was so strict. I was strict about it. I was dogmatic about it. I thought literally I had found the one true diet that was going to heal all my digestive symptoms. And don't get me wrong, when I went vegan after being vegetarian, I felt a bit better, probably because I took out some of the dairy and the gluten that I was eating and just started eating more whole foods and cooking more. But 
my digestive issues continued even when I was vegan. So yeah, I felt probably really good for about a year. After that year, just continued to have bloating, continued to have gas, could not maintain any kind of muscle mass or gain any muscle mass. My skin was really dull. I was just very frail and I just didn't feel good. And I was doing all the right things, especially within the gut health world. I was eating probiotic rich foods. I was eating lots of plants and lots of variety. I was definitely getting enough fiber. I was eating grains, beans, nuts, and seeds, and I was doing all the quote-unquote right things that I thought were going to be healing to my gut. And I was really tuning into my brain. I was logical. I was like, well, this makes sense. Why would I eat animals? Why would I eat eggs? This, there was a moral reason behind it too, and I just thought that it was the best thing ever. So those, the, the two years that I was vegan and continuing to have digestive issues, I remember seeing a naturopath and she, she told me, she was like, I told her about my diet. I told her what I was doing, still having gut issues and still having symptoms on a daily basis. They weren't as bad for sure, but they were definitely still there. And I remember her telling me like, you should try drinking like bone broth and maybe some really good, like cooked meats, some really you know, grass-fed, local, locally sourced, really nourishing meats, and I, I would not, like, I, she told me that, and obviously she's, you know, a very educated woman, um, who I'd seen for a couple years, and I, I would not listen to her advice, I was like, nope, I'm, I'm not, I refuse to eat any animal products, I'm not doing dairy, not doing eggs, not doing any kind of meat products, even bone broth, I was like, no, no way. And she kind of just like let me do my own thing and I continued over the course of the last two years that I was vegan to have people either give me, give me advice or no one was very, no one was very pushy about it, but people would mention things like, hey, have you tried, have you tried this or have you read this book or have you heard of this protocol And I was so rigid in what I was thinking about nutrition that I refused. I refused to look at, read any other book that had anything to do with animal products. Um, And I was just incredibly rigid about my perspective on nutrition. And it wasn't until I reached a point where nothing was getting better. I was feeling sick and terrible and malnourished. I started working as a health coach at a grocery store and their perspective on nutrition was primarily plant-based but they did they did recommend animal products and so as their coach I had to start recommending animal products and I was like this feels so wrong but this is a really good job I trust this company and I just continued over the course of a couple years to get these like nudges towards eating animal products again and I refused I like I was very, again, so rigid about it, even though my body was not doing well after years and years of being vegan. And the vegans will say, well, you didn't do vegan right. No, I did it. I like, I, I was homemaking everything. I was eating whole foods. I wasn't eating junk food at all. Everything was made from scratch. It was, it was very, 
I was very simple about the ingredients that I used. So I was doing, I was doing it well. And it got to a point where my body was, was literally like screaming out for these things and screaming out for a change. And I finally, I finally listened. I was like, okay, well, I, I love animals. I love the environment. I, I think this is right for my health, but obviously something's got to give. Something's not working and I've been receiving these gentle nudges towards this direction. So I'm going to listen to that. And so that to me was, it was really hard as you can imagine, or if you have been vegan or had a very dogmatic view of something, it's really hard to get out of that. And I started to introduce fish and eggs and some meat, bone broth, and life-changing, game-changing, like felt so much better already so long story short that was essentially me getting out of my head and getting out of this logical side of myself of like well no this is right and and this is what I logically know I think I should do when my body was for years saying no like this is not working for me we're doing all the right things and this is not feel good so That is the second one is like with nutrition, especially be flexible, be open to changing your mind and listen to your body, like trust your body because your body is giving you constant feedback, whether you pay attention to it or not, your body is giving you feedback in how you feel and how the quality of your sleep, how stable your energy is, how your gut function is. Your body is always giving you feedback and sometimes in order to heal, you have to unlearn what you thought was right. So again, a lot of times when we're talking on this podcast, we're bringing up nutritional advice that people think is terrible, right? Like eat saturated fat, eat animal products, have salt with your meals, eat lots of fruit, don't eat these vegetables. It is a very different perspective and I understand that that I understand that it can be a very different perspective, but when your body is screaming out and and not responding to what you're doing, something's got to change. So, that is the second one is to unlearn or be open to relearning everything you know about nutrition. Okay, so that brings us to our third one. So this one is huge. So do everything you can to calm your nervous system. I talk about this a lot on my page because it has been another massive piece in my gut healing. So just to explain, what is the nervous system? What does it do? Essentially, the nervous system is comprised of your nerves. um, And your nervous system is responding to stress. So if you think about when you're under chronic stress, your nervous system is responsible for moving blood flow, nutrients, and energy to the systems in your body that need it most. So when you're stressed, you need blood flow to your brain, to your extremities, so that you can think really quick, run away if you need to, fight someone, and essentially... Yeah, your, your nervous system is controlling where that blood flow, where the nutrients go, and it's helping you respond to stress. 
So when your nervous system is in this state of hyperarousal or sympathetic dominance, your blood flow and nutrients and resources are all being put out towards your extremities, to your head, to your brain, to your hands and feet and away from your core. And this is for a reason. It's it's incredibly smart. Your Your nervous system is very intelligent and is always watching out for you. So essentially, yeah, when you're under chronic stress, your your body is going to put off non-essential functions. So it's going to move move all the blood flow away from your core, which means things like digestion, immune function, reproduction is going to get turned off because that's not essential when your body's trying to respond to stress. So um, some things that the nervous system also does, so like I said, controls the blood flow to your your gut or your extremities uh, controls your immune function it controls whether or not or how well you absorb nutrients it's also controlling how fast or slow food moves through your system so if you've ever been anxious or uh, had like nerves come up your body will often uh, move things through faster so I used to a lot of times if I was nervous or had to speak, I would have to take a shit before because my body was like, get this stuff out of me. I'm I'm trying to like prioritize other things. So it, it can often move things through your system quicker. Um, it also controls your microbiome balance and stress hormone regulation. So your nervous system is helping with, yeah, again, respond to stress. So when you're in what is called a sympathetic, the fight flight freeze response essentially this is this is again this is your body responding to stress and and being very intelligent but it's going to speed up your heart rate it's going to constrict your blood vessels it's going to suppress your stomach acid increase your blood pressure it's going to deactivate and deprioritize your pancreas your liver it's going to slow your stomach and intestines and your blood flow are going to the blood flow is going to your skeletal muscles. So again, this is this is great when you're under stress, but this is not great for your digestion because your digestion, in order to heal and function well, needs all that good blood flow, all the nutrients, and all the energy that your body has to give. It needs to be in your, your core, in your extremity, or instead of your extremities. So the opposite of the sympathetic dominant phase is your parasympathetic dominant nervous system phase so essentially this is where you rest and digest so essentially what happens to your body your body's producing saliva it dilates your blood vessels it slows your heart rate it increases stomach acid it stimulates your liver your bile your pancreas is activated it increases stomach and intestine motility it increases the blood flow to your entire digestive tract increases digestive enzyme production this is the state that you will digest well and heal your gut in. So this is super important because, again, a lot of people focus on nutrition and supplements. And it's like, well, my gut is not healed. And it's like, well, if you're under chronic stress or you're having lots of guilt and shame around food or you're eating on the go and you're not calm with your meals, of course you're, you're not going to digest well. So when you're in parasympathetic dominance or your parasympathetic nervous system, you feel really calm and grounded 
and hungry and horny and happy. You typically breathe really slow. You have really good immune function. You feel energized. You sleep deep. Your hormones are balanced. You have a steady mood. You recover from exercise well. And you have really good, strong digestion. This is what we want. And this is the goal for really, really good digestion. So what does it feel like to have a dysregulated nervous system or, or be in that sympathetic dominance phase? People tend to feel really irritable and anxious, depressed, fatigue, really frazzled or on edge, have a low libido, shallow breathing, no appetite, poor immune function, disrupted sleep, hormone issues, and things like heartburn, feeling bloated, gassy, nauseous having urgency with your stools or being constipated. Essentially, digestion, good digestion never happens in that system, in that state. So now that you know the difference between sympathetic and parasympathetic, essentially, what what am I going to do to support my nervous system? So essentially, the way that you support your nervous system is anything that's going to help your body feel safe. So this could be um, eating at least 1800 calories, right? When you're, when you're restricting your calories, and that often happens if you are on a very restrictive diet, just unintentionally, I realized that I was doing this unintentionally for years, just restricting, restricting lots of food groups. And so I was restricting my calories, that is really stressful for your body, your body sees that as I'm starving, I'm stressed, I've got to mobilize all these stress hormones to just function. And yeah, essentially that's that's one of the biggest ones is just eating enough. Another one, making sure you have adequate adequate time to rest and sleep and relax. So your nervous system, your nervous system needs that time. If you've ever had, I mean, most of us can recognize when our nervous system feels fried, right? You've had a stressful day at work, you come home, things are loud, like you you feel like yourself on edge and stressed and easily irritated um, and that that can indicate you are in that sympathetic dominant nervous system phase and anything you can do to combat that. So maybe you need some quiet time, you need some rest time, you need to take a nap, um, you need time to relax and just unwind, anything like that is going to be really helpful. Uh, a couple other ones, so salting your food to taste. Salt, there's a reason you crave salt when you're stressed because your body is using those minerals up. So using salt with your meals, that is going to be amazing for your nervous system and your your stress response. Some other things, singing, dancing, laughing, these are really supportive for nervous system function. If you think about if you think about it, when you're when you're stressed, it's kind of hard to do these things, right? You don't want to sing and dance and laugh. It's like your body's trying to respond to stress. When you do these things, that indicates to your body, oh, we're safe. Like we can enjoy these really nourishing, fun activities. So that indicates to your body, you're safe. You can relax. We can rest and digest. Spending time in nature, sunlight, that can be amazing for your nervous system. Deep belly breaths eating breakfast when within an hour of waking again back to the kind of eating enough and eating consistently enough piece eating really easy to digest carbohydrates 
So again, back to the whole stress thing, there's a reason why when you're stressed, you crave salt and you crave sugar. Your body needs those fuel sources to respond to stress adequately and it is normal. It is normal and good that your body craves sugar when you're stressed. Your body is begging you for really easy to digest carbs. So utilize things like fruit, honey, squash, root veggies, white rice, potatoes, all those really good, easy to digest carbohydrate sources, even real cane sugar. I would any day take cane sugar over artificial stevia, monk fruit, erythritol, aspartame, any of those artificial sweeteners. So let's see. Eating easy to digest carbs, eating enough protein. So 100, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, 100 grams of protein minimum. I eat like 150 plus grams of protein per day. That's where I feel really good at. So eating enough protein, eating enough carbs, setting boundaries with your time, energy, and resources. I know this is more of like, it's a lot to do, but learning to set boundaries is really important. I used to be someone who would always cover people's shifts or be really accommodating when somebody needed my help, but I really had other things to do where I really didn't want to do that. Um, So I get that it is hard to set boundaries, but that is really important because if you're not setting boundaries with your time and your energy and your resources, then you're going to burn yourself out and your nervous system out. Eating foods that are rich in animal fats, so saturated fats, are really great. Magnesium is another one that's really supportive for nervous system function. Most people don't get enough magnesium in their diet, so I always recommend supplementing with like a magnesium glycinate, doing magnesium flakes in your bath. Those are awesome, or you can do like a magnesium chloride brine that you can do spray on your skin. Or if you have access to hot springs, any kind of hot springs usually have a lot of really good magnesium and minerals. And enjoying adaptogens. So these are herbs that are really helpful for helping your body adapt to stress. They're really nourishing for the nervous system. So things like holy basil, reishi, ashwagandha, lemon balm, nettle, milky oats. Any of those are going to be really, really supportive for nervous system function. And... You can do those in tincture form, you can do them in tea form, you can do, you can overnight, do like overnight infusions of those herbs, but those are all going to be really supportive for nervous system function. So, I feel like I'm talking so much, but I guess I am because it's just me on here. Essentially, third step is doing everything you can to calm your nervous system because essentially, if you're gut is not in a parasympathetic dominant state or a rest and digest state your digestion is shut off your digestion will not work well and your body won't heal so the thing that I find fascinating about this is that when I was going through all my gut healing protocols no one ever taught me this no one ever brought this up and I'm just like blown away because this has been such a massive piece in my healing and if you've listened to podcasts before with me on here sharing my story, it was like a decade. I there was a there was a decade where I was doing all these restrictive diets and tons of supplements and all these alternative treatments. I saw NDs and functional medicine people and acupuncture people, and it was like 
how was no one ever teaching me how my nervous system was contributing to my gut issues? So for me, like I said, I mean, I had a lot of, I was never, my nervous system was wreck. I was always hustling. I was working all the time. I'm a very academic person. So I was always like going to school and working and, and getting something else. I was, when I started working, I was working 50 hours a week and going to Orange Theory and running every day. And I was constantly restricting my diet and not eating enough and never setting boundaries and just letting people consume my time and energy. And I had a lot of suppressed emotions. I just like never really felt anything and never really cried. It was just like, oh, well, I'll just like keep myself busy with with life so I don't have to deal with this emotion. And that was incredibly stressful for my nervous system because it was just compiling and was having a dramatic impact on my gut. So like I said, for me, this, this piece was life-changing. It is a huge piece in my practice in bringing the awareness to my clients of like, you can eat all the right things in the world. You can take, you know, all these gut supportive nutrients and supplements, but at the end of the day, your nervous system is controlling your digestive system and how much nutrients and blood flow and the energy that your digestive system is getting. And essentially, yeah, it's, it's a dramatic piece in gut healing. And I know it can be, it can feel very overwhelming because most of us are running on stress hormones. Our nervous systems are fried, but there's so many fun things that you can do to help your nervous system, which I talked about before. So essentially some other things that I wanted to mention that have been really supportive of my nervous system in particular. So Uh, meditation or just finding time during the day to just be quiet and not do anything and not be obsessed with production and productivity. Uh, I also quit a job that was really stressful. So like I said, I worked before in a grocery store and I was working 40 hours. Then I was working another side job for 10 hours and was just trying to do all the things. And after I quit that job, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe how much stress I was under I I literally didn't notice because I was just constantly going 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 so sometimes the best thing you can do for your nervous system is is do these really big scary things but so helpful another one for me exercising less like I said I used to be a runner I used to run all the time now as you might know and see on my Instagram I walk every single day I strength train a couple times a week. That is it. It is so, it's been so helpful for my nervous system. Um, I've been eating more, obviously, eating more, eating the right foods, expanding my diet. So instead of restrict, restrict, restricting all the things, I've been able to add dairy back into my diet, add meat back into my diet. Um, for a while, I was restricting carbs, but now I'm, I enjoy carbs all the time. Uh, doing things purely for the fun of it. So things like hobbies, uh, nature time, just doing things for myself that are really, really nourishing for my body and my nervous system. Um, walking, like I said, singing, dancing, anything that is uh, like that, that has been really support supportive for my nervous system. So that is, that is step three is really 
getting assessing where your nervous system is at assessing your stress assessing how much you have on your plate and doing things on a daily basis that are going to support your body to get into that rest and digest mode okay so that brings us to our fourth one the fourth one pretty simple get outside so this has also been game changer for me for a lot of reasons so first and foremost getting outside more helps set your circadian rhythm which essentially is the rhythm of your hormones your your sleep and your energy like all these are all these hormonal cycles um, are related to light exposure so first thing in the morning I look at the sun or I get outside even if it's not sunny to get my body and my eyes exposed to that light that is going to help calm my body but also wake it up um, and getting sunlight throughout the day. So walking outside throughout the day, getting sunlight that again is is going to signal to your body there's sun, it's time to be awake Um, and then at night so watching either the sunset or one once the sunset goes once the sun goes down either really dimming your lights or using candles or using salt lamps or putting on blue blockers that can be so helpful um, but ideally getting out when the sun goes down that's going to expose your body to more of those red red rays in the light and going to help calm your system and start melatonin production so that has been helpful because sleep is one of the most deep restorative healing places that you can just easily get and your exposure to sunlight and light throughout the day is going to directly impact how well you sleep at night so when you're getting outside on a daily basis your body is going to get into this rhythm of in the morning feeling energized and having enough energy to last you throughout the day and then you know minimizing your light exposure at night you know say you're going outside at night and you're getting exposed to more of those other types of rays that is going to be so supportive for your sleep so that is one of the biggest reasons why getting outside and getting connected with being outside is so healing and for those of you who work who are inside buildings all day with artificial light that is okay just like in the morning you can still get out for five to ten minutes and expose yourself to the the light outside you can take an an afternoon break outside and and go walking after your lunch break for 10 minutes and then at night when you're at home like you can you can still get outside so it's not like you have to spend all day every day outside it's like getting just making sure that you are getting outside at certain points of the day at least three times a day for 10 minutes is a great place to start so that is one of the biggest reasons is sleep and setting your circadian rhythm are super important for gut healing because that is again where a lot of these healing and restorative things happen with your gut of course another one is vitamin d most people know about vitamin d i never recommend vitamin d supplements because the sun, the sun will give you so much more than vitamin D, but vitamin D is is one of the things that you get from the sun. Um, vitamin D is really important because it helps heal the gut lining. So it's really important for a really good, strong gut lining and gut barrier. 
And it's also really important for helping diversify and balance out your gut bacteria. I know it sounds so crazy and so unrelated because it's like, well, how is how is this thing that's going on my skin affecting my gut? And it absolutely is. So that is another main reason. Um, and just a couple of tips around this. Prior to a couple years ago, I would slather myself with sunscreen. I was scared of the sun. I would always either wear sunscreen or, you know, wear shirts um, because for a while there, I was super scared of the sun. My mom has like skin cancer on her nose. And so I was, yeah, like I said, super scared of it. Nowadays, I'm not scared of the sun at all. Um, there's a couple things to remember though. What you eat directly impacts how your skin is going to react to the sun. So if you're eating vegetable oils, if you're eating lots of inflammatory foods, lots of processed foods, uh, those are going to affect how your skin reacts to sun exposure. Because if you think about fats especially, all of your cells are surrounded by a fatty layer. And when you have these really inflammatory oxidized fats um, in your skin, they're going to burn. It's going to, it's going to more likely have you burn. So that is an important thing is realizing what you eat directly impacts how your skin reacts to the sun Um, so that's one thing one place to start another thing is you have to ease into it like don't sit in an office all day long then go out in the middle of summer and lay out for two hours like that doesn't make sense your body has to acclimate to the sun exposure and you can do that by just taking it super slow so I honestly these days I start laying out in like late March because I want my body to once come July, like I want my body to be darker. I want my skin to be darker so that it it can protect me from, from the rays. So essentially, yeah, you've got, you've got to ease into it and always go off of how your body feels. So if you're laying out, you, you can kind of feel that, like that tingly feeling of like, okay, I think I'm starting to get burned. Listen to that, uh, and go inside or put some clothes on. Um, that's important feedback from your body and that's often why sunscreen doesn't it often fails because people don't feel that feeling they're not they're not getting that feedback from their body so they'll what they're they will wear sunscreen they'll stay outside they're like oh I'm 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 fine then they end up getting sunburned because there was never that indication from your body of like oh I'm I'm feeling like I'm getting burned I need to put I need to put some clothes on So that's another one with um, laying out is just easing into it. And of course, like we all have different skin tones. And for me, I, these days I can lay out for hours and not get sunburned, but it's because of what I eat, um, how I've eased into it and where I live too. That's another important thing. So that is another important thing. So with vitamin D, getting adequate vitamin D from the sun, that is the best source of vitamin D is is sunlight. And the cool thing about vitamin D is that it is fat soluble, meaning that your body stores stores, uh, vitamin D in your fat cells, which means that, you know, if you have a winter where you live, I do here in Utah, um, ideally I would load up on vitamin D during the summer and my body would store it in its fat cells and I would have enough vitamin D to last me until next summer. So when it is sunny out, you want to, you know, when it's summer, you want to be able to maximize that vitamin D 
and get as much as you can. And then come winter, you should be good to go with all the vitamin D you have stored up. The last thing that's really important with getting outside is that when you expose your body to different air, different soil, different trees, different pieces of nature outside, you're you're essentially, you're helping build your gut microbiome diversity and resilience. So if you think about, you know, people who garden or people who grew up on farms or people who are exposed to a lot of this bacteria in the soil or in the air, they tend to have stronger, more resilient digestive systems. We often are obsessed with disinfecting everything and I get that to some extent but we need to be exposed to different types of bacteria and one of the ways that you can do that aside from eating bacteria rich foods fermented foods or just like whole foods is getting outside getting in the dirt getting dirty going out in nature breathing different air uh getting exposed to different plants, like getting exposed to nature and outside is going to be really good for your gut bacteria diversity. So in summary, with getting outside, uh, getting outside is really important for your circadian rhythm and sleep. It's really important for vitamin D production and also important to get your body exposed to different types of good bacteria. So in summary, I just shared four essential steps to heal your gut. First one, stop focusing on suppressing your symptoms and start focusing on supporting your entire digestive system and learn to trust the process of that. I know that can be challenging. The second one was unlearning everything you know about nutrition and start trusting and getting in tune with how your body feels and getting in tune with the cues that it's giving you. The third is supporting your nervous system. And the fourth is getting outside on a daily basis. I hope you all enjoyed this. If you're wanting more support around healing your gut, there's a couple ways that you can reach me, obviously on Instagram. My Instagram handle is thegutgoddess. And I also have a couple ways you can get more support. So I have a new exclusive gut health texting service. I'm calling them Maddie, Madison's Mini Motivations. Essentially, it's a texting, texting service where you get exclusive gut health tips, content, motivation directly from me to your phone. It's amazing. I love it. So far, it's been super fun to connect with many of you in that way. So if you're wanting to try that out, you can try it out for seven days for free. Click the link in my bio and I can support you in that way, help keep you motivated, be your gut health hype girl through that. And you can also connect with me by having me be your one-on-one coach. And if you're interested in that, you can also click the link in my bio, schedule a time to chat with me, and we'll talk about where you're at with your health, what you're struggling with, what you're looking for in a coach, and if I feel like it would be a good fit to work together, I can tell you all about what I do and more about how I approach gut healing. And essentially, 
with the whole digestive process too, that is a big focus in my in my one-on-one coaching practice is really helping people dial in their nutrition, get really clear on where your digestive system might need support, uh, talking more about movement and mindset and all the things around healing your gut. So hopefully that was helpful and you all know how to reach me now, Instagram, texting service, you can hire me to be your coach and share this with your friends, your family, anyone who you feel like it would be helpful to and let me and Bella know how you like the podcast. So thanks again for listening and I will talk to you all next time.